if you want to grow your client base and the reach of your influence, you're going to need to know how well your marketing is performing. Welcome to the Next Level Influence Show. I'm Melanie Benson. I am host of Amplify Your Success Podcast. And I'm Samantha Riley, host of the Influence by Design Podcast. And this is our weekly show for experts and business leaders who are influencing people's decisions to make a greater impact and shed their revenue goals in the process. What got you here won't get you there. It's time to uncover the micro shifts required to take your income, influence, and impact to the next level. I'm Melanie Benson. And I'm Samantha Riley. And this is our weekly show for experts and business leaders who are influencing people's decisions to make a greater impact and shatter their revenue goals in the process. Welcome to the Next Level Influence Show. Now let's get started. And today we're talking about marketing KPIs. Marketing KPIs, key performance indicators. And this is that conversation that so many creatives and thought leaders and change makers, they love to have, right, Sam? Uh, (laughs) Or um, not. That was about as sarcastic as you could get. (laughs) But we got to talk about it. Absolutely. Because people are saying, you know, I just want to be creative. I just want to impact more people. But the thing is that unless our business is really performing well, we are holding back the amount of people that we can impact. So what I've also learned along the way is that when you do know your numbers, they actually get more fun that, you know, when you're not tracking them and, you know, it's like they're looming over your head. You don't know what you're tracking. You don't know why you're tracking. You don't know what the numbers mean. That's when you shy away from them or that's when I shied away from them. But as soon as I understood them for me, it became like a game. How can I increase them? How can I do better? And then I really started to understand that, you know, the outcome or, you know, what would happen when I did track those numbers. Yeah. And I think we're talking about measuring what is working and what's not working. So you know what can improve. And if we don't know what our numbers are, then we don't know where to put our time and attention. And I know early on for me, I had no tracking of any of this. And so it's like, I have this visual of the, you know, the little gun that shoots the nails, right? And it's like <laughs> kind of shooting it everywhere, trying to nail the right thing, but you don't know what the right thing is. And so track your KPIs, your key performance indicators, and decide what those key performance indicators are for you. So you know what's working and what's not. And I was sharing with you in the green room, I worked with a really well-known association a few years ago to help them improve their membership retention. And when we started the consulting, they didn't even, they weren't tracking anything. They had no idea how long people were staying. They had no idea where people were coming from. And so I think this is a really valuable conversation because you are building your influence. You are wanting to grow your reach and you want to know what is it that's working to call those people in and keep them wanting to work with you. So let's just talk a little bit about a couple of the things that you measure, and then I'll share some of the things I measure. And what do those numbers mean to us and how do we use them to make better decisions? Yeah. So I think the first thing that I really want to drive home before we even get into that is that you can't improve what you don't measure. If you don't know what the numbers are to begin with, you can't improve them. So 
you know, if you need a glass of wine to be able to get yourself relaxed enough to go and have and have a look and find these numbers, then do that. Do whatever it is that it takes. Cup of tea, you know, if you're a little bit a little bit stressed about this, but once you've got the numbers, it's a lot easier to measure. So we're specifically talking about marketing KPIs today. There's obviously there's there's operational KPIs, sales, all sorts of things, but we're talking about marketing. You and I have discussed, we actually track different things and we both have very similar businesses. So this is really interesting in itself. The things that we check are things like conversion rates for webinars. That's really important for us because we want to know how our webinars are performing and what we need to change. We track conversions from sales call to client. We track email open rates, email conversion rates. We like to know the lifetime value of our customer because this means that we're able to, you know, implement different things in our business. I know we're going to we're going to dive into that a little bit more. But they're the basic ones that we would measure if we were doing mm-hmm. paid ads. Obviously, we're going to you know look into those a bit differently. But you you track some different ones that we don't track as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I also I track all those things, and I also track the opt-ins for each of our giveaways, our freebies, our lead magnets, whatever you call them. And I we track the journey between the opt-in, where that opt-in comes from, and how long it takes somebody to become a buyer. So mm-hmm. do they stay in that funnel for a long time? Do they? end up buying something within the first few weeks or later. And the kind of like the more granular thing we track around this that I find super helpful is how many leads do we get every time I get on a stage, every Mm -hmm. time I'm on a podcast. So we create unique tracking links and that's how I know what kind of revenue gets generated from each of the podcasts that I'm on. So my team and I then can dive in and say, we want to get on more podcasts like that. We're going to be saying no to things that are over here that are, that are not really performing well for us. So those are a couple of the things that I would add to that list. Yeah. I love that. I think that's really beneficial. I actually really, really love that. So can you talk a little bit about why you're tracking each of those freebies and what that length of time is? I mean, obviously you know, that's quite easy for people to figure out, but then maybe what you do a little bit differently once you get that data. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think that's really the key point here is tracking it is one thing, but what you do with that data is where these KPIs really set you up for success Mm. on the opt-ins. What we do is here's our process. I don't do this myself. My team has a, we have a dashboard that has all of our tracking information. My team goes out and collects it and then the first week of the month, we review this data. And what that drives for us is, okay, is this opt-in performing the way it should? And for us, should is somewhere between 60 and 75% of the traffic that hits that page is opting in and asking for that freebie. That is our target range. If we're dipping below 60%, one or two things has happened. We're in front of the wrong audiences. Mm-hmm. And that's a common thing that happens. Or... Mm-hmm. There's something about the language or the positioning that has moved out of relevance, Mm -hmm. meaning it's no longer a hot need, or we've tested some language and it's stopped working. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. the the Mm -hmm. language that we tested and tweaked to try and up the opt-in rate 
kind of didn't land well for our didn't audience. Hit the so, mark. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what we do with that. And then if we find that we've kind of dipped below the range that I want to be in, then we go back and look at, do we scrap it? Do we recalibrate it? Meaning we, you know, get some new copy written, test a new line. We change the graphic layout a little bit just to continually to try and stay in that marker around 65 to 85% is, is really a sweet spot for us. Mm, nice. That's awesome. That's really cool. Let's talk about webinar conversion rates, because I think this is something that actually, before I go into what to do, I'll talk about what I see going wrong with people. And I get this a lot is people reaching out to me and saying, I want to do a webinar and I want to do it once and I want to record it and put it evergreen, which I think is the most Ah, what's the word even like detrimental to your business? Short-sighted. Yeah. Short-sighted. I love it because there are so many different things that are going on in a webinar that we need to track. So when we're tracking our conversion rate, so I'm talking about specifically in this, the people that are coming from the webinar to booking a call or to landing on a sales page before they actually make the sale, we need to be looking at what's going on in the webinar. So the KPIs that I'm tracking is things like what questions are being asked in the chat box. You know, if we're seeing that the questions that are coming up all the time, the content's not being included in the webinar, then we need to make sure that we're changing our webinar for the next time to make sure that content's included. We need to make sure, you know, that there's people interact, like are they interacting at a certain point because they're not understanding so there's, there's so many KPIs in itself, which is just its own piece of content here to be tracking in a webinar that putting up your webinar evergreen the very first time you do it, like, just don't do it. Don't do that. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of numbers that we could get familiar with in our webinars. And I'm kind of curious how deep you guys go with it. Uh, one of the things we look at is how many people sign up, Yep. how many people actually show up. Right. Yep. And then how many people engage once the webinar is over mm -hmm. and catch the replay or whatever's in our follow-up? I actually had something really interesting that I discovered last year is 90% of my big ticket sales from a webinar actually occurred after the webinar was over and in our follow-up process. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that knowing that I could say, okay, I'm going to take the pressure off and like how many people are showing up and know that it's what we do after that gives me the most juice. And so we lean more into the webinar follow-up than worrying about how many people are getting on the webinar. So yeah. that was one of the things we learned by tracking those numbers. One of the things that we picked up in the second half of last year was the amount of people that don't show up to the webinar. Cause here's the thing. In that webinar, we're providing information because people have got a problem and they're looking for an outcome for that problem. These people are 99.9% .9 of the time, time poor. They don't have the time. Yep. So we started looking at these numbers and saying, well, they're opting in because they want this outcome, but they're too time poor to come to the webinar. What about we just offered them a quick 15 minute call before the webinar so that they could just get their outcome. So that's what we actually started doing. We started offering them a call on the webinar registration page or on the, on the thank you page so that we could 
move them along a little bit quicker. And if we hadn't have looked at the data, we would not have picked that up. Mm, I love it. Let's talk a little bit about email mm -hmm. because I think an and email goes so well with webinars, right? Because most of us are using email to market and enroll people into our webinars. What are you learning about with tracking your email open and conversion? So one of the things that I wanted to mention straight up is that when people talk about email open and conversion, like right back really early in the piece, I thought that we were sort of aiming for that number to sort of sit at the same all the time. And what I've learned is it, it doesn't. So if your email conversion or your email open rate is a certain percentage, it's not going to stay that number for every single email. It just won't. But you do need to be looking at what those numbers are. And again, there's so many bits of data you can be pulling from that. Is it, you know, did it go to the right people? What was your subject line? Did you miss the mark? You know, did you send out something that that's just not relevant right now? So I guess that's something that I want to say that it's, it is an average and you do need to know what your average is, but still follow the numbers as they go up and down. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we unpack and look at the email open. If that number goes up or down, it tells us the subject line may or may not be working. But we're also looking at how many people are opting out. One of mm -hmm. the things that we actually uncovered by tracking our email opens, because again, my team goes and pulls all the emails. We look at the percentages. We, we track separately. We have four different lists. We email to every, for every email because the yeah. system we use requires us to <laughs> break them all apart, but that's a whole nother conversation. But we discovered a problem with a whole bunch of our subscribers falling away because of the email providers they use. So it mm -hmm. helped us get proactive and create a new opt-in confirmation strategy that really helped bring our numbers back up. There's a lot we learned by tracking those email opens. Perfect. Now, I know you just mentioned opt-outs then. That is definitely something else that we track, opt-outs. But we're actually not aiming for a 0% opt-out. And I wanted to mention that we're tracking opt-outs, but we, we actually don't mind getting them if it's for the right reason. So again, you need to track why it's happening or, or your perception of, of what's happening because, you know, again, we're not aiming to have a 0% opt-out. We only want to make sure that we're attracting and nurturing the people that are, that are interested in what we're doing. And can we just unpack that for a second? Because this is really key. When we look at our numbers, we have to really understand as the CEO of our business, as the person who's wanting to build influence, what does the number really mean? And what is the thing we're shooting for? If people are opting out of your list, it's not a bad thing. It may mean that you're emailing them too much, but it may mean that what you're emailing them isn't relevant to the problem they have right now. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. the way they opted in is different than the way that they're getting information from you. And so it can tell you a lot about the type of content or the type of information to share. And third, I was always taught email opt-outs mean you are pushing enough that you're getting the wrong people off your list because <laughs> they're probably not buyers anyway. So I just think it's great to set yeah. the context for what does it mean and what are we shooting for there? So let's really quickly talk about retention. Mm -hmm. And 
why is this a helpful bucket to set indicators for and track? So retention is really important to know because we can work out the lifetime value of our customer. So essentially like how much we, that we expect to make from one customer for the time that they're working with us. It helps us to understand, are we missing the mark when they come to us? It helps us to understand, are we not providing them with something that they're looking for? Like, are we not giving them an upsell? Gosh, there's so many different things, but we really need to know that information so that we can look at our product suite, but also for a different area, we need to know the lifetime value of our customers so we know how much we can spend to market to get them in the door in the first place. If we know that the average lifetime value of our customer is, I'm just going to make up numbers, $5,000 and it costs us $6,000 to acquire that customer, then we know that's not good. If it costs us $500 to acquire that customer, then we know that that's okay. So we need to know that number because $500 might be like, oh, that's a lot. I don't want to spend $500. But if you know you're going to make $4,500 every time you spend that $500, then I'll do that all day, every day. Sure. And I think it's important to say here that when I'm working with different types of businesses, we're going to really need to understand what is the lifetime value you're shooting for, for that type of business, which is very different from a Mm -hmm. service business, a membership, an association, or like a coaching business or a a course, like an online course company. Like we want to really understand, like, what is the ideal indicator and where are you at against that? And it could be ideal for you. So Mm -hmm. I mentioned earlier, a client I was working with, they were an association and like they had like a 30% retention rate, meaning they had churn every 90 days, they were losing too many clients for what they were putting into it. So, and this is, again, we had to know what we're looking for. Part of the problem was they were marketing to the wrong pools of prospects. Mm-hmm. They were mm-hmm. not attracting their ideal clients. So their clients weren't staying. But when they, when we shifted them to starting to market towards the right client base, their retention went up. And mm-hmm. so I think it's just important to understand, you know, my average coaching client stays with me between two and a half to five years. Mm-hmm. And so I know that's what I want to lean into versus for a membership, we didn't have that kind of retention. So we moved away from a traditional membership model to more of a coaching business because mm. that's what works for me and my business. Yeah. Perfect. So good. So good. Melanie, I know that you have a free resource. Let's talk about resources to help people to implement this information that we're talking about. Yeah. I think the best place to start right now is you want to start elevating the way you're marketing your business, how you're getting booked, how you're getting those leads and transforming them into five and six figure clients. And I have a seven step plan called, or actually a seven step plan called get booked, get leads and get five figure clients that you can find at amplifywithmelanie.com. Perfect. Perfect. I think something that I really want to drive home more than anything, and I've mentioned it a few times and I'm going to mention it again, is that you can't grow what you don't measure. It's really, really important to know these things so that you can improve them. I've got a resource called the Thought Leaders Business Growth Plan. I shared this on one of our episodes just before Christmas. One of the listeners of this show downloaded it and she shared with me that she made $20,000 in sales within 48 hours of 
not just downloading this plan, but actually going through and implementing it and spending the time on this plan. And it was just because she really understood where do I need to focus? Where am I not focusing in my business? And also it again, gave her the confidence to know where to focus. So you can go to samanthariley.global forward slash plan to get a copy of that. And if you do a $20,000 sale in the next 48 hours, please reach out and let me know. Yeah, uh, or even a $5,000 deal, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> if you make any sales off the back of this, let me know. <laughs> awesome. So well, if you're, you're loving these tips and you want to make sure you're staying connected with us, make sure you follow both Sam and myself here on this platform. We're going live each week with Next Level Influence, and we'd love to keep track of you. And by the way, if you're on Instagram or one of the platforms that allow you to set little reminders, like on Instagram, you can go next to our profile and hit the little bell. Then you'll know every time we are going live with this content. Perfect. And if you know someone that has set a goal for this year to grow their business, and you know that these tips would be super helpful, please tag them because we know that when you can implement this in your business, you'll get big, big results. So help a friend out and tag them. And I'd love you to jump below and share with us what you've learned today. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, be a hero to a friend and share this episode with them. Oh, All right, I love we'll be that. back next week. Thanks. Thank you so much. Bye. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Next Level Influence. Before you go, would you subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player? We'd love to know what your greatest takeaway was from today's episode. Take a screenshot of the show and share with us on social. And be sure to tag us too so we can connect. Tune in next week for another Next Level Influence episode. Yeah.